Hello, hello, hello. I'm back. It's week two. And the Steadman podcast rolls on. More news. More stuff about my life. Music. Books. Films. Food. And all the other good things that you just want to know all about. Now... If you listened to last week's episode, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, this is called the Stedman History Podcast. It's like a deep dive into the history of Stedman and what happened to Alex's great-grandma. What happened to my great-grandma? You're probably thinking that this is another episode. There's probably going to be more information about that. Well, unfortunately, I haven't actually managed to find anything new out this week, which is a bit of a shame, really. I was really hoping to. I spoke to my dad yesterday, and he said that on the back of all the photos that they looked at, there wasn't any information. But he's going to my grandma's house later this week, so hopefully, fingers crossed, by the time we reach episode three, there will be some more information out there, and I can tell you all about that. I've done some notes this week actually because you know you get to a certain point in your life and you realize that maybe I'm not the kind of freestyler that I used to think I was back in the day on the school playground when I was battling people. We had like rap battles, you know, you know how what happens. And I know that you're supposed to come up with it off the top of your head, but I thought, hmm, this would be good if I write something down. You know, if I've got a little bit of paper, I've got like some ink and a pad and I'm writing down what's going on so I can get the best lines. And uh, it didn't really work. You know, it, it kind of needs to be off the top of your head. But I don't think I'm that kind of person. You know, I would never, ever have a ghostwriter because I'm not Drake. But you know, I mean, other people do have ghostwriters as well. I mean, Dr. Dre apparently always uses a ghostwriter. But, you know, I just I just thought I'd take the Drake uh, hit because um, I'm not a huge fan. But, ooh, starting off on a negative foot there. This is all about positive. We're all about keeping the PMA, the positive mental attitude. And I'm not here to slander people, you know, or to get into any of that malarkey. But there are other rappers out there who are amazing and I'm loving that segue I mean that's a pat on the back for me because I didn't know where I was going to go with that train of thought there but next up on my notes is DMX who we be and I was listening to him on the Talib Kweli podcast yesterday and they started talking about who we be and I was like how have I forgotten this song about DMX's time in prison and about being locked up for 23 hours a day. And then he started to talk more about how the people in prison, they're kind of there and all of the money that they make from each prisoner and talking about it possibly being modern day slavery while they're there because they do this work and they don't uh, get enough money for it and all that sort of stuff. But DMX, who we be, the the beat and the flow and the lyrics and it's like you know when you listen to a song and you think that is a perfect song everything there has come together in such a beautiful and brilliant way and if you haven't heard that song I would urge you to pause this right now go and listen to it you might not actually even need to come back after listening to it because your mind will be blown so much by how incredible it is that you'll be thinking I don't need to go and listen to someone speaking in their cupboard at the moment to to hear his opinion I did manage to find 
some rare audio stuff from my band. Um, I was searching because I was just kind of going through my old emails and I was like, is there anything that I could use? Because I've got a microphone now. So, you know, I could just like record some some stuff. I could just put on some old Sloppy Joe songs and I could just try and re-record the vocals and see where that leads and see what happens. And as a matter of fact, I found one of our songs called Don't Want to Be. I found an instrumental version of it. And so I started to kind of mess around with that and try to re-record it. I thought, you know, these these vocals could do with a 2020 feel, you know, a 2020 scream, if you will. But uh, it actually turns out that uh, I wasn't able to capture that angst and that pain of being 20 years old or 21, possibly 22, just having moved to London going to drama school, just about to finish. I couldn't capture all of that stuff, that moment where me and Danny Watts sat down in his living room and started to write those lyrics out in a one-take wonder. I couldn't get there. I couldn't do it. I mean, the scream was terrible. The scream was so bad that I, I thought, I can't do it. I can't even do a scream. I might have to try and sing this song. I might have to just completely change it. And I I changed the words and it kind of started to turn into like one of those really kind of country and western style vocal things. You know, I had like the twang. I was I was I was there, but it, it didn't work, you know, and the screaming it, it came out very hoarse. I, I didn't want to ruin my voice. I didn't want to turn into you know, someone that gets nodules and all that sort of stuff. Um, I did actually, while I was at drama school, get sent to the ear, nose and throat hospital because they thought that I might have nodules from the screaming and a slight raspiness of my voice. So I went along and uh, they stick a camera up your nose. And it's the strangest thing because they say, don't look at the camera. They don't look at the screen that's on the right hand side. If you don't look at the screen as the camera goes up your nose, because that's just going to be weird. You're going to see all the way back down your throat. But it's just this strange moment. It just goes all the way up and you're like, whoa, this is going towards my brain. And then it just kind of moves. And then it's down the back of your throat. And they're like, don't swallow. But obviously you do because that's like the gag reflex that's there. So you swallow and then it kind of clogs up the camera. Then the camera's all misty. So they're like, okay, you need to swallow again to clear the screen. And it was just a real moment. It was a real, it was a real strange thing. They said that I had no nodules and I went back and I was like, no nodules. Woo! Last night I watched... 187 starring Samuel L. Jackson. Now, when I was working at Waitrose over the summer, my manager was saying that him and his wife were having a Samuel L. Jackson film week, watching all the old Samuel L. Jackson films, some of the classics, the ones, not the pop fictions or the Jackie Browns or uh, any ones that you've heard of, the Snakes on the Plane, the Deep Blue Sea, none of those. Going back and watching ones that you may not know of, you know, that they did well at the time, but now kind of people don't really think about. So 187 is, was actually Samuel L. Jackson's first top build film. I didn't know this until I Googled it last night. And yeah, that's it. That was the, the first one when it was him as the top billing came out in 1997. I think it's written by the same person that, no, it's written by a former teacher and it's directed by the person that directed Waterworld. I didn't have that down on my notes, that's a bit bad, really, isn't it? So that's not down there on the notes. But um, 
it's basically it's about a teacher who works in New York, uh, in Brooklyn, and he goes in and sees that one of the kids isn't in the class that he's supposed to be teaching. And he looks in his book and it says 187 on every single page. And 187 is the code for homicide. So he takes it to the principal and the principal says, it's just kids messing around. It's nothing to worry about. And Samuel L. Jackson's character is kind of like, is this kid being transferred from somewhere else? Uh, from, I think he's dangerous or something. Has he been transferred from somewhere? And did you say that I failed him? And the teacher's like, yeah, I, I did, but no one pays attention in your lessons. You're just reading too much into this. And he's walking down the corridor and the kid comes up, played by Method Man, and stabs him repeatedly. And then it says 15 months later and Samuel L. Jackson is now working in L.A. And he's going into like another school and he gets like trapped in this gang warfare kind of lifestyle. And it's all about him sort of changing and going from having this like passion for teaching and being really energetic and loving the subject to being changed and dwarfed and pulled into this other world this like this really angry horrible world where he's like they make the rules and i was just like a pawn within that that world but i'm taking revenge now i'm gonna get my power back and i'm gonna become a king within this world and it's amazing it's on amazon prime so uh yeah you should check it out i watched it last night another thing that's also on amazon prime is p valley which is uh it's set in america and it's written by Katori Hall, who wrote The Mountaintop that was on at Theatre 503 and at The Young Vic and then went to the West End and did really well. And she also wrote Our Lady of Cabello, which is set in Rwanda. And it's that's based on a true story from uh, 1981, where a young girl that goes to a school there sees a vision of uh, the Virgin Mary who says that Rwanda will become hell on earth and kind of... Um, foresees the genocide that then happened there and so um p valley is i've only watched a couple of episodes but i'm really enjoying it so far it's set in a strip club and it's yeah it's really good it's uh it's just a really good show um it's based on a play i don't know where the play was on uh again not on the notes but uh yeah it's really good which moves us on to our jam section of the show so on Saturday, I got some vegan Jamaican food from Jam Delish, which was, it was amazing. It was really good. I had like a coupon as well. A coupon, a code, a code, probably a code, not a coupon. Who says coupon? Anyway, I had a code for to get some money off and I went for the ackee and codfish with rice and peas and spicy mac and cheese. And as the kids are saying, chef's kiss. Actually, that makes a lot of sense because it is related to food. And it was it was delicious. It was really good. And it's in the title as well, isn't it? Jam, delicious. And before then, I'm really into the jammy red roux. It's like uh, wine. And I don't really know. I don't know much about red wine. I don't even know if what other if there are other jammy red roux around or if this is just like the yellow, yellowtail one. There might be some other ones around. But who really knows? Um, you might be listening and thinking... Why are you drinking a jammy red roux? There are Malbec moments that you can share with Matt James Davis. And, I mean, that's a very specific uh, anecdote there. 
You may get the Malbec moment bit, but the Matt James Davis bit you might not get. But he is the bassist for the Bristol-based pop-punk band, the following announcement, and a very good friend of mine. And during the summer, we we went to the Bristol Flyer and we just drank a lot of red wine. There was one moment where I went to the toilet, came back, and then there was another bottle that was there because this table service stuff, you know, table service now in pubs, well, before lockdown, when it's all table service. So it's so easy to just order. You don't even need to go up. You don't even need to leave your seat anymore. They come over and you feel pressured. You're like, yeah, I'll have another drink. Yes, I will have another drink. Bring another drink over. And then all of a sudden you leave and you think, I had too much to drink there. And so they even move. Like before, you know, you get that walking to the bar bit and then you might have like a little boogie on the way if there's some music playing. But now you're just kind of sat just in that one seat the whole time. Well, not right now. You know, you're probably just with your family or your housemates or people that you live with just at home. So you can have a boogie. And I think speaking of boogies and speaking of dancing and moments, we probably need to wrap this up and end with a song. Thank you again for listening. And I'm sure I'll be around next week, you know, for this uh, this little chat, this little um, dialogue that we're having. People might call it a monologue because it is just me. But, you know, if you listen, you're thinking, eh, I've got a microphone in my house. I'm following the voiceover dream. You know, I'm I'm doing it. I'm making space. I'm making things happen, then, you know, give me a call and you could be a guest on the show. And if you listen next week, and it's still just me, then you know that no one picked up the phone. But that's all right. That's okay. Because we keep it real. We keep it going. Sometimes, kids, you just got to be punk as fuck. Oh,